a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Look, I'm unstoppable. Forget your defense, nothing but an obstacle. Run it back, switch it up, call it audible. Serving up them Hail Marys till the game over with the showstopper. So hot, you gotta blow on it. I said I'll huff and I'll puff, then I'll pass to my left while I'm looking to my right. Alright, people, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Back for another episode of the Horseshoe Mob Podcast, where we're coming to you with everything Colts. And probably going to slam to the Titans at some point or another. Either way, listen, you're in for a good show. And it's actually going to be a great show because we do have a special guest in the building. Now, before we go ahead and get to the special guest, who's also a friend of the podcast, low-key family probably, we have to go ahead and make <laughs> sure that we go ahead. First off, talk about um, www.fanbattlesports.com. You can go there for all your AFC South-related content. You have articles. uh podcast episodes it's for the whole afc south i mean those other three teams really don't matter but you know if you just happen to be tuning in and you like some of those other teams we're not going to judge you but you can check them out all right www.fanbattlesports.com and man without further ado we have a special guest back in the building who comes to us straight from the mean streets of where the cincinnati reds are apparently running baseball right now we have with us <laughs> we have with us Derek larger everybody Derek welcome back buddy welcome back welcome back welcome back thank you for coming back on I appreciate it man thank you for having me on here glad to be able to talk with you guys yeah man this, it, this is it, it's always a good time when you're on here and I mean considering you've only ever been on here one other time and it was a great time I think we're going two for two so I'm, I'm good with 100% odds okay sweet <laughs> and <laughs> we're not just going to skip over the rest of the guys we have with us tonight of course as you know the other members of the horseshoe mob we have with us Austin Cook everybody what's up I'm Austin all right we have with us the senior or senior, depending on your nationality. Uh, Josh, senior, everybody. What's good, everybody? Shout out to y'all. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just Chris Jackson, so don't even worry about that. But yeah, man, listen, we have a great we have a, a great show lined up. Um, you know, I'm gonna say let your haters be your biggest motivators because we already got somebody in here saying tighten up. I guess that's code for I need mayo. Um, we have with us a Jags fan saying Duval. Um, Derek, <laughs> I don't know if 
you're aware, would you happen to know any good exterminators that the Jaguars can use for their stadium? Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any connections down there in uh, Jacksonville. I mean, you know, I, I'm surprised that some of these people don't know more of it. I mean, they get one good season in a span of their entire <laughs> franchise, and now all of a sudden they think that they run some something out here. So, hey, and listen, I, I, y'all need to be left in check, okay? Y'all, y'all are at the top <laughs> right now, but once Anthony Richardson gets going. We gonna forget about Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson about to take that throne. Exactly. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Got, I've been uh, before we get in. I've been hearing a lot of slander from the three other teams saying how uh, we're gonna be the last team in the division. Like we're gonna be like we're gonna get swept by the Tigers again. We, you know, we're gonna get swept by the Jags. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Like, are everybody drunk in the division except for us? We <laughs> we only sober one. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. And, of course, just more coming in. Um, she says, oh, my God, here we go. We are building a new stadium. And the Colts haven't beaten us at home in a decade. Derek Smaller. That's now, fine. Listen. That's fine. They can go ahead and make fun uh... of my name. That's fine. I ain't, the first, I ain't the first time that somebody said that about me. That's all good. It doesn't bother me. All I'm saying is you haven't seen – it's because – the last two coaches that the Indianapolis Colts had weren't anything like what the one we got now. So that's all I'm saying. All right. Just don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that's us. That's what I'm saying. And, and by the way, Derek, um, I have a question, right? Because remember the last time that the Jags were in the playoffs and they went all the way to the AFC championship. Yeah. And miles Jack happened to catch an interception. He was down, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, that was that was a great run for them, but you know, there's only been so many teams that can win uh, a championship with an amazing defense, and that's all they got. Because let's be honest, I mean, the Jaguars that year they they had no offense. It's just the fact that you had the best corner in the game, you had some of the best defense. Yeah, they they had no offense. Oh, oh, there we go. We good. I guess I'm, I guess I'm not watching it with us. Okay, cool. That's fine. But yeah, go ahead, Derek. I'm sorry. Uh oh, did you lag up? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. You good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. All right. And then she said, "Sir, as a Gators fan, Anthony Richardson is nothing." Uh, <laughs> and then she said, "It's all love." I'm just kidding. And then she says, "Oh well, never mind. I never take mind. It I take it back." <laughs> Yes. After, after you said Miles Jack was down, then then all of a sudden it's just like she feels away again. Oh man! So yeah. <laughs> but listen, just move, moving on and just moving on to 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 better things. So when we're talking about this team as it is, what have you seen so far from Anthony Richardson that's really given you just like that? Yes. Okay. This is gonna work. Uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, all we've seen so far from OTAs and a few other things, I mean, we just want to see how far along he can get before the action actually picks up. And that was yeah. the big thing was how, how does he look when, you know, the whole game is changing, everything's faster, everything is like this. So how does, you know, him moving forward, move this team and, 
of course, you know, um, I mean, we've seen from the coaches saying that, you know, he's picking up on everything really fast. Uh, he's fast out there. It's not like he's just going through the motions. You know, he's doing things at full speed all the time. So, you know, that's really good. You know, that's good to hear. Uh, always seemed like a very humble kid when he came in through all of these interviews and whatnot. So that's really great to hear. We know he's dedicated. Just ultimately right now, I mean, the issue with Anthony Richardson is you just have to, uh, you just have to give him some time. You know, that's the ultimate yeah. case. But what we've seen in practices so far, he's been inconsistent, which I mean, we can't be surprised. We we figured that was going to happen, but at the end of the day, he is making a lot of those big plays down the field. Uh, and that's what we want to see as Colts fans. Cause we didn't get a ton of those last year. So we want to see this team be able to make the big play down the field. And of course we haven't gotten a chance to see him, you know, really use his feet yet. Uh, that's an underlying aspect of his game that we just haven't gotten to see because he's really only focusing on the throwing right now. So we yeah. won't see a lot more of his game until training camp comes along and we won't see even more of it until the actual season starts. So all it is is just watching him continue to grow. And so far, I mean, I like what I've seen so far. Okay. All right. And we have a couple more comments and then we're going to gonna be just – going to our, our next thing that we're going to be talking about. Uh, but it said, if we can get Joe Exotic out of prison, I bet he could do something to keep the Jags in line. <laughs> sure. That's, I, that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. And somebody said Jags had no offense in 2017, but outscored the Steelers, who had the number one offense in the league in 2017. Colts fans are truly delusional. LOL. Did I not? Um, did I not reiterate the fact that the Jaguars had the number one defense in the NFL that year? I mean, what are we talking about here, Clarence? Come on, bro. I don't, yeah, it's just like like it's 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 not hard to necessarily outscore people if your defense is actually like holding people to very few points. I mean, you're going to you're going to eventually be able to get something out of Blake Bortles. Um, which I don't think I'd ever thought that I'd ever say in my life, but you know what? There's a first time for everything. Then he said, Anthony Richardson, 53% completion rate, 2,500 yards, less than two, two on one ratio in college. We expected him to be better in the NFL than in college. And mm -hmm. AR speed was his only elite weapon in college. And now defenders are as fast as he is. Now I'm going to premise this because I've been saying all along that, when it comes down to Anthony Richardson, it's not going to come down to, you know, him just having to throw a lot. Like, you know, it's just like they're not going to throw him to the wolves. It's going to be more so about just having a big mixed attack and not having to rely too heavily. Maybe about, I'm going to say anywhere between 30 to 40 attempts possibly per game, but we're not going to see that 50 to 60 and then just solely having that on his back. Like, mm -hmm. What is your theory about how that offense is going to go? Because, I mean, I don't think anybody is expecting him to throw a lot, but, you know, I guess for me it's just going to be more so just deviated around the run. Well, and you won't have to do that if you're Anthony Richardson this year because you're fully expecting Jonathan Taylor to come back healthy this year. That was something that the yeah. Indianapolis Colts did not have all last year, and that's something that we forget. 
And at the end of the year, when the Colts couldn't run the ball at all because Jonathan Taylor was the only thing making the offensive line look semi-decent. And when he went down, then no other running back could fulfill those shoes. So Mm -hmm. if Jonathan Taylor is a hundred percent after this ankle surgery that he has, and then, you know, is all good and back to being the juggernaut that we know that he is, then there's nothing really to worry about. And the good thing was, is I think last year was an, um, an anomaly because you had a group of guys, one in Frank Reich that I think quite frankly, just gave up. Uh, and then parks Frazier who, you know, ended up just had no experience in how to run an offense. So, I mean, the only thing the Colts could do to try to salvage anything was throwing the football and that just didn't work out. Yeah. But Shane Steichen has always been a guy that has been very consistent in how he motions his team. And if you watch the Eagles at all last year, I mean, I don't even know how many times Jalen Hurts threw the ball for over 40 times a game. I mean, I can look that up, but I don't think that they really did that that much because, I mean, he just is a guy that – it was a system that is designed around moving a bunch of different things around it. I mean, just looking yeah. at the passing attempts, I mean, the most passing attempts that uh, the most passing attempts that Jalen hurts through all season was 38. And that was the super bowl. So the final game <laughs> of the season yeah. in which they had to uh, throw the football a little more, but it, they never threw the ball over 40 times a game. So it goes to show you how spread out Shane Steichen is and how he approaches it. And he's going to have a way better backfield this time around than what he did with the Eagles. Uh, It may not be as polished from the Anthony Richardson side of things, but you can do a lot of different things right now. So there's no way that Shane Steichen is going to go out there and say, Anthony Richardson, I feel confident in you throwing the ball 40 times a game. There's no way. Never would you do that to a rookie that's needing consistency. So he's going to go out there, throw the ball 25, 30 times a game, maybe. And then, you know, Jonathan Taylor's going to get his 20 to uh, 20 plus carries. You know, you got to, that's how it has to be in order for the Indianapolis Colts to have some consistency in this offense. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, that's, that's where, that's where I'm at as far as like the talks go. It's the the talk of, you know, it's just like he's going to be bad because he's going to have to throw the ball. It's just like I don't see them having to make him throw the ball like repeatedly. Like he's not going to do that. And then even with with what you're saying about Jalen with the most passing attempts that he had in this whole entire season was in the Super Bowl. That lets you know exactly where their mindset is in terms of how much they're actually going to make him throw as opposed to the rest of it. But we have some more hate from Sam. Um, well, first off, she's mad because you're on all her socials. I'm so, on you know all what? the she's socials, gonna... baby. You can't get rid of exactly. me. Nobody can yeah, get she... rid of me out here. <laughs> exactly. She's going to have to just deal with that. And then she says, Sammy Football does not condone the anti-Jaguar content contained in this live feed. He is him, Jags, number one, AFC number one. South. Again, Again, listen, enjoy your ma'am. short reign while you got it. Just a short, enjoy well, the yeah, short Yeah, because it only happens every it. five years. We're we're gonna check back in in 2027, so we'll we'll be all right until then. 
And then Michael Tesmer says, I, is that Andrew Luck talking? Bro, I swear so many people say I'm Andrew Luck, bro. I don't get it. But I people love com- comparing me to Andrew Luck. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I didn't get it till now. And now that I see it, I can't unsee it. Right, I really can't unsee it now. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's even Samantha agrees. He's like, "Oh my god, he does look like Andrew." Yeah, he did. Yeah, he does. I just need like, to let the I'm... beard grow out just a little bit more. Maybe a, just a little bit more hair up here, and then I, I yeah, just got the look perfect. Since exactly. you're here, let me guess... let, let me get, let me get my kids to come meet uh, Andrew Luck right quick. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say... <laughs> listen, listen your kid, they're going to hold you to task, especially your son. He looks like the type. He, just, he don't forget nothing. He don't. But, well, so so moving on, we, we've, we haven't had a lot of news, but the news that we have had has been surrounding the contract talks. So we have two the two biggest ones this year. We have Michael Pittman, who's up um, for re-sign. And then we also have Jonathan Taylor. So if there's been anything that you've heard or it's just like, or just what you think, what what is going on regarding these contracts that they're dealing with right now? Well, I haven't heard anything specifically from me yet, but uh, I mean, from my perspective, um, I mean, Let's be honest. I mean, Chris Ballard definitely will pay his own guys. Like the people that he brings yeah. in, the guys he has confidence in, he, he's going to give them uh, what he thinks they deserve. And that's and that's fair. You know, I mean, that's been one of those situations. Early on, Chris Ballard was stingy with some of the guys that Grigson brought in or, you know, some of these draft picks that he didn't like, you know, things like that. But when it came to bringing in free agents he wanted and bringing in draft picks that he wants, obviously you see Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard, the deals that they got, you know, those kinds of key cornerstone pieces. And regardless of what any of us here think about the running back position, I mean, Chris Ballard loves Jonathan Taylor. Okay, so I definitely know that he is going to work tirelessly to try and get a deal done with Jonathan Taylor. The ultimate question is, is Jonathan Taylor going to play the hardball thing with Chris Ballard? Because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's the truth of the NFL. The running back position has deteriorated so, so much. Even the top tier guys, you know, in the grand scheme of things, don't make a huge difference in the offenses. I mean, you look at it, Dalvin Cook, one of the top five best running backs in the league, just got cut by the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that just that's yeah. crazy to think about that. The top five running back in this league gets cut by his team. It just had twelve hundred yards this last year, and they had a they had a semi down year at times. And that's just crazy to think about. And then of course, you know, we saw what Christian McCaffrey did with San Francisco. Of course. He was huge in that, but of course, you know, that was Shanahan's offense. They've already got great weapons. He just already fit into the mold of what it was. The ultimate question you need to ask with is, do you really want Jonathan Taylor potentially playing for somebody else? Because when you have to, if you have to face him again, I mean, that's rough. That's really rough. And for me personally, if you're going to use a franchise tag on anybody, franchise tag Jonathan Taylor as much as you can until you're ready to give him a contract again. I mean, he yeah. may not go for, it. he may not like that, 
but I think you could potentially get him on the franchise tag after this year um, and see where you can go from there. Um, kind of hard to tell right now because with Michael Pittman too, uh, I mean, obviously Michael Pittman said, I'm willing to wait until the end, you know, to do that. Yeah. But obviously Stephen Holder from ESPN was talking about how the he, Jonathan Taylor said, I would like to, you know, get a deal done, you know, this before this off season is over. Uh, and I think the yeah. Colts would like to do that too. Cause I don't think the Colts want Jonathan Taylor to test free agency, uh, even no. for a minute, I mean, no. because there's a lot of other teams that'll go call it. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much they need to give him. I don't know what he's willing to take because he obviously sees the trend and, you know, the disrespect that the running back position is getting right now. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I mean, I, I love Jonathan Taylor and I want him to stay, but if I'm having to pay him, you know, a, a grave amount of money, I'm telling Ballard, bro, you got to be stingy with some of these contracts here because you've already out, you're already overpaying some guys. Let's not do the yeah. same with Jonathan Taylor here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to say it's just like one of the one of the things that, you know, we dealt with a few weeks ago was we don't know how this Isaiah Rogers situation is going to jump up, but he was due for contract this year. So, you know, it's just I think that that might take a name off of that list of guys who would need to be re-signed, which I mean, I don't know how much that factors into it. But, you know, unfortunately, it's just like we'll, we won't know until we get to that point. Now, I'm going to say a bigger thing that I'm going to say is that, or a bigger question is, is Ballard prioritizing one contract over another? Like, do you feel like he's kind of prioritizing, you know, Jonathan Taylor over Michael Pittman or Michael Pittman over Jonathan Taylor? Like, how do you, what do you think his mindset is on all of this right now? Well, no doubt. I think that he wants to bring both of these guys back. Uh, he drafted them in back-to-back second-round picks uh, in the 2020 draft. He loves both of these guys. Clearly, they are a uh, dime in a dozen. But at the same time, I do have to wonder. I mean, and this season's really going to dictate a lot because Jonathan Taylor, the only problem with Jonathan Taylor was he got hurt this last year. It's the only problem he had. Outside of that, yeah. if, if Jonathan Taylor comes back, and gets another 13, 1400 yard season and does what he does, then I have no problem with saying Ballard's going to find a way to get a deal done. Now, the question yeah. is, is with Michael Pittman. And say what you want about the quarterback situation uh, and, you know, the lack of maybe some consistency with getting Michael Pittman a, a contract. The problem is, is last year we saw a decline in Pittman. Uh, from a yeah. play standpoint, I know the quarterback situation was really bad and there were some issues there, but I mean, at the end of games last year, I mean, he was dropping passes that should have been catches and not running correct routes, not in communication with the quarterback and dropping passes that, like I said, could have been game changers if he catches them. So, I mean, I don't know what it was. Uh, maybe it was just fatigue. Maybe it was just plain, you know, giving up like the rest felt like the rest of the team did at times. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But I mean, the only way I see Michael Pittman getting a solid deal out of uh, out of Ballard is if he gets another 1000 yard season like he did in 2021 and shows us 
some of that 2021 form Michael Pittman because that was a that was a wide receiver that was easily a number two on any football team or maybe even a number one on some of them. So, yeah, I mean, and remember, he was brought in to be a number one guy. That's what the expectation is for Ballard on Pittman. So if he doesn't do that, then, you know, Ballard might just say, all right, well, I'm going to test my luck, you know, somewhere else. Only problem is there's not yeah. a lot of uh, not a lot of great free agent wide receivers next year any, anyway. So unless the Colts are going and getting, you know, a top wide receiver in the draft next year, uh, which they might because, like you said, you got Josh Downs this year. You like what yeah. he can maybe do for you. Alec Pierce could take over as the new vertical guy, and then you just get another one in there and then get, get some more uh, chemistry with Anthony Richardson that way. Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr., according to the fan base, that's the guy everybody wants <laughs> now, which yeah. we have to oh. probably be a top three pick. In. <laughs> he is going to – if it wasn't for Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison would be the number one pick in the draft, and it might be the only time in NFL history that a wide receiver would be a, a, a number one pick in the draft. I mean, there were people <laughs> at, his, at the pro day watching C.J. Stroud saying – if Marvin Harrison was a was a junior this last year, he would be the easy consensus number one wide receiver and a top five pick this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. now just imagine absolutely. what he does next year if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. I mean, Marvin's either the number two or the number three pick next year, no question about it. So yeah. who's the quarterback for uh, OU? Uh man, uh, right now it's a competition. Be- between okay. Kyle McCord and uh, and Devin uh, Brown, who is a uh, who is the number four dual threat quarterback coming out of high school for 2022, um, Kyle McCord actually, ironically enough, played football with Marvin Harrison at junior in college or in high school. They went to the same high school, mm. so they have that chemistry already. Um, I mean, ironically enough, Kyle McCord was like a five star quarterback for some people. Uh, he hasn't shown a lot. He's been riding the coattails of CJ Stroud these last couple years. Um, I don't know how good he is, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, this Ohio state team is really stacked. So maybe he kind of goes the Mac Jones route where just as long as Mac Jones, isn't losing you football games, then uh, let the rest of the team do the work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, honestly, it's just like it would make sense because it's just like, if you can win with them, then it's just like you're not gonna change the wheel, you know? Right. Yeah, but I wanted to I wanted to get the the I wanted to get the guys' opinion on this one too, because like I said, it's just like when it comes to these contracts, how are we feeling about like like Jonathan Taylor saying you know he loved to stay in Indy, you know Michael Pittman saying he liked to wait. Like, how are we really feeling about this? Because the thing is, to me, it just sounds like Jonathan Taylor is just trying to get a deal done. And Michael Pittman is just like, you know what? I might just go ahead and see if I have a crazy scene just so I could drive the price up. Like, how are we feeling about about their approach as a whole? I mean, I feel, I mean, I feel like uh, what Derek was saying for us <clears throat> being prioritized, I mean, JT knows his shelf life of being a running back. He got with another six more years, maybe possibly, uh, maybe seven more years. Uh, so he want to try to get, you know, secure that bag before uh, it's time for him to hang it up. 
Whereas Pittman is pretty much saying, hey, I'm okay with you paying uh, JT now. I can get paid later on. So I'll be okay with it. I mean, get get JT done. I mean, we've seen in the past um, with Adrian James, we let him go because he didn't, he didn't want to pay him. And we know having to uh, draft uh, Joseph Adai, who was injury prone his entire career. Um, so I, I wanted to secure a running back. We had, you know, some mishaps with uh, Frank Gore. We had Marlon Mack. We had Donald Brown. We had some, some bumps. Uh, I keep going. But not Frank Gore, but. We just had this is the oh, first I, time we had a running back. <laughs> I keep Donald going, Brown was first Donald time. Brown was Austin Eckler before Austin Eckler was Austin Eckler. But it's just like <laughs> once again, it's just like that was Donald Brown. You know, it is what it is. I mean, he he, he didn't have to do much. He had Peyton Manning, you know, that was with him. So it just yeah, that we needed we just needed a running back. We haven't had one since, you know, Edwin Edwin James days and Marshall Paul days. So we got we have our time to we have opportunity to secure one. Why not do it now before the season starts? Gotcha. Okay, what about you, Austin? Um, so, like everybody said, uh, JT's pushed to get a deal done before the season. Uh, so, that just makes me feel like maybe he is more prioritized, but that may not be the case. I'm not really sure. I also feel like both deals will get done unless – just something crazy happens during the season, like Pittman declines even more. You know, that's the only way I don't see us getting both of them signed. But I also feel like we'll get a deal done. Yeah, and oh, we we got Brandon's in here as a uh, Buckeyes fan. So Derek, there you go. He's Now, this is interesting because he brings up that the wide receiver franchise tag is $23 million next year. And if Pittman doesn't think the Colts will offer him that much, he can go get 1,200 yards a season and force him to franchise him. Is that a possibility, do you think? That's a lot. That's a lot. I I, I doubt that. I doubt that. Yeah, hard to – I would much rather franchise tag Jonathan Taylor at around 14 mil for the year than Michael Pittman at 23. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's nuts. Like, it's the wide receiver market. I mean, the, the wide receiver market is bad only because, you know, how everything shaped up with Christian Kirk in last offseason before this one. And then everybody after that, the number just kept on going higher and higher. So, I, I mean, I could absolutely see that. Now, is there any scenario where you don't potentially see Pittman coming back? Um, I mean, only way I could see where he doesn't is if he is showing a visible regression or, uh, he ends up getting, you know, hurt again. Um, because we saw he got hurt in his first season. Um, you know, he went from being hurt his first season and not knowing really what to do. So second year, he figured it all out. Third year regressed injury. And then this year, if he gets hurt again, I mean, there's a good chance that Ballard will just say, yeah, see ya. I, I could go better. Well, I have an idea we can do. We, we can always get uh, Dee Hobson and Devin Cooks since they won't play together. Oh, God. Yeah, what do you have? <laughs> How about we don't? Because, because for the amount of money that you're about to pay those two, you can literally pay Pittman and JT and still have money left. Right. 
No, nah, I know we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna pay them. Those two guys, they want a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Immediately, no. All right, and hold on. There was there was something else that that I meant to ask you, but well, actually, yes. Okay, I got it. So I know that we keep on seeing names. We keep on seeing things. Who are some of the newer guys that have impressed you so far from what you've seen in OTAs, minicamp, like what you've seen thus far? Um, well, I mean, it was really awesome to see um, Josh Downs and Anthony Richardson when they first met uh, at the team hotels and whatnot, uh, when they were, you know, throwing uh, and catching at the uh, hotel parking lot, right? Um, yeah, it's cool to it's cool that that sort of thing happened right away because you know that's supposed to be the connection of the future at least for the next four years. So yeah. you know it's good that those two have that kind of chemistry, even though um, now obviously Josh Downs is hurt. Uh, we'll see whether or not he's going to be ready for training camp or not. But um, that was really cool to see. And um, I got to uh, talk with a couple of different uh, draft picks for uh, this year. Uh, it was uh, Mallory, and then I can't remember. Okay. It was Evan Hall, uh, the running back out of Northwestern. Um, okay. I'll tell you what, Evan Hall, um, I don't know if it's from just being involved with the Colts already that much or if it's just him, but – he is the embodiment of what the Indianapolis Colts really sound like. Um, what every dedicated Colts player sounds like a guy that is supremely confident in his abilities and saying that I will make this roster and I will contribute to this team. And I know what I'm capable of and I know I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove to everyone that I belong here and that I'm going to uh, make a difference for this team. So I love the energy. I love the, the swag that that kid has um, just listening to him talk. I mean, it makes me want to run through a brick wall. So I love that. Love hearing that, you know, again, we've haven't really been able to get a whole lot more, but here in a month when training camp kicks off, that's when the real fun is going to begin. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I know it's just like, we, we, <laughs> We saw that we had a couple, like a couple of the names that you had. Of course, Josh Downs was a big one that kind of rang true. But Will Mallory was another one of those who was kind of like a, not a weird prospect, but kind of like a, oh, okay. Um, didn't know he needed that, but we'll go with it. Like, it, but I mean, what is, like, in terms of Mallory, do you see him in more of a, uh, like, coming in, like, kind of like a blocking capacity? Or is he going to be like one of those guys that you can see? just kind of having that dual threat, like blocking and then peeling out like tight end kind of feel. Um, that's rough. Cause I don't see him. I kind of see him fulfilling the role of a, uh, kind of like what Kylan Granson was, uh, when he first got in, you know, he's a little bit, a little bit undersized for the position, you know, something like that, but, you know, being the fastest tight end in the entire draft class, you know, definitely gives you an edge and he clearly has great hands. He clearly runs uh, very good routes, you know, has a great, has a great knack for catching the football. Um, my only issue is, is I don't even know if Will Mallory makes it through the training camp. 
Because like I'm just really? sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, like, this tight end group is so loaded. I mean, there's seven guys at the tight end position right now for the Indianapolis Colts. Clearly, they're gonna only keep four of them, but like, yeah. who do you keep? You know Jelani Woods is gonna be it because Jelani Woods is now gonna be is gonna take the reins here in the next year or two as the number one tight end in this group. Uh, you still got mm-hmm. Mo Ali Cox in there who can do all of it. Uh, you know that uh, that Kylan Granson is still there. He's the route runner that you can depend on. And then of course you know you just got um, you got Drew Ogletree coming back who last training camp was lighting it up. He looked like the best tight end on the whole roster in training camp last year. And then sure Same enough you signed Pharaoh Brown. You signed this guy and then you go ahead and draft Will Mallory. I mean, it's just like this team just doesn't know. It's like they don't know how many tight ends they have because they're no, there's no way <laughs> that they're going to keep five tight ends in this group. So who's going to beat each other out? I have no idea. Uh, I think best case scenario, Will Mallory beats out uh, Drew Ogletree for that fourth tight end spot. Um, who knows if Drew Ogletree is going to come back from that uh, Achilles uh, that he had. You know, so that's going to be it. I mean, it's just who's going to compete and who's going to win it. I mean, it's it's a tough spot. It's one of the more competitive spots for the Indianapolis Colts right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're on limited time here, um, but we just want to make sure that we get a couple more questions from the guys. And then, like I said, we'll be able to get up out of here. But um, Austin, what question do you have for Derek? I can't, we can't hear you. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. I said, Josh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I go ahead. Well, it just, I watched uh, the podcast earlier and uh, he uh, spoke on um, AR possibly having 30 total, 30 total touchdowns. Uh, do you think that that's possible or maybe could be more, maybe less? Well, it all depends on if he's playing all 17 games. Uh, I definitely think that if he is the full-time starter all year, um, I do believe it is definitely a chance. Uh, You have to think about it, right? Matt Ryan had 14 touchdowns last year in 12 games. uh, And, you know, we know how bad he was for the majority of the year, right? I mean, I can't imagine Anthony Richardson being that terrible. Right. I mean, I know the completion percentage was good by the end of the year, but I mean, Matt Ryan couldn't complete a touchdown to save his life uh, for a lot of these games. Right. So I do believe that there is a good chance uh, if Anthony Richardson can, you know, get those, you know, 22 to 24 touchdowns on the year, which I definitely believe is an option. Uh, and then sure enough, if he gets, you know, those six rushing touchdowns by the end of the year, I mean, don't forget Jalen hurts had 10 rushing touchdowns last year in Shane Steichen's offense. I and Anthony Richardson is a much better athlete than Jalen hurts is. I could definitely see that being a way that Shane Steichen helps Anthony Richardson feel more comfortable by getting him involved a little bit in the rushing game. So I fully expect Anthony Richardson to have at least five rushing touchdowns next year. So it is not a uh, out of the shot question to say that Anthony Richardson can get 30 touchdowns next year. All right. All right. Thank you for that. All right. And Austin, I know you had to get yourself together over there. Yeah. Sorry about that. 
Um, so we've had problems uh, in our secondary, obviously, with the Isaiah Rogers thing happening, trading uh, Gilly. Who do you think will step up? And like whether it's a rookie or Dallas Flowers, along with hopefully Kenny Moore in the cornerback area. Um. Well, I mean, everyone knows. Everyone's talking about Julius Brents. Uh, clearly, you know he's the guy that was brought in here even before the Isaiah Rogers thing. You know to replace Stephon Gilmore. You know, be that number two corner. You know that's going to be a thing that you know, he's going to have to still do. But obviously now with the Indianapolis Colts probably losing Isaiah Rodgers for at least the year, uh, that opens a lot more things up. Um, and obviously Darius Rush is going to have to be a guy that is also going to have to come in and be, you know, uh, have to act like a seasoned vet when you get in there. I mean, it's rough because, you know, these rookies are going to come in here and, you know, just get thrown to the fire and there's going to be a lot of mistakes. Uh, There's certainly hope by the end of the year that they can tune things up. Um, I'll answer this other thing. And it was a guy that I kept bringing up a lot in my videos recently about someone that needs to have a major step up impact. And that's Julian Blackman. Uh, that's yeah. the other one that I could see being a thing. Cause we saw Rodney Thomas come in last year and Rodney Thomas took his job. I mean, he took his job and he ran with it and led the team in interceptions last year with four. So, I mean, this is a guy that came in, took his job. And now, now that Ro- Rodney McLeod is gone, Julian Blackman now moving to strong safety, uh, seems like a very suitable role for him. Um, I know that that means that Blackman will probably be playing a lot more up than what he normally is accustomed to playing. But at the same yeah. time, Blackman has had his struggles. He needs to he needs to be a guy that can go back out there and, you know, be that ball hawk that we saw from him his, uh, his rookie year, you know, because yeah. if he doesn't, then that makes it even then that makes it even more difficult for this uh, cold secondary because Rodney Thomas might end up being your best defender next year uh, in the backfield because Kenny Moore we don't know how he's going to perform uh, we saw how he was last year with Gus Bradley and clearly he's not happy with the contract situation not going his way you got two rookie corners you got a a second year. Uh, you got a second year free safety back there. And then you have a fourth year safety. Who's the second leading uh, or the second most experienced guy in your whole secondary. Like, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be that guy that contributes again. And Nick Cross oh, is still unknown right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is there any word on Nick Cross, whether or not it's just like he's, because I know they said that Blackman making the switch over to strong safety is there any talk about Cross potentially going over to free, or is is he going to be battling it out with Julian? Um, I would say for Cross's for Cross's skill set, he is more of a guy that I could definitely see being uh, battling it out with Rodney Thomas, um, because of just the kind of player that he is. He's the he's the roaming kind of guy, you know. He's the guy that goes all over the field, you know, makes those kinds of plays. Uh, yeah. clearly last year, he just wasn't, uh, just wasn't as developed as what the Colts would have liked him to have been. 
And that's clearly why he lost his spot within the second week. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You know, you're it's, he's only a second year player. We'll see how he looks in training camp. Maybe he looks way better than Julian Blackman this year, or heck maybe Rodney Thomas takes a huge step backwards and Nick cross looks really, really good. And then, you know, maybe they decide to make the change again. I don't know, but clearly, you know, Nick cross is a tremendous athlete and he's going to get a lot of time on, uh, he's going to get a lot of time on special teams this year due to the fact of losing Daniel Scott uh, this last week and a couple yeah. other guys going out. So, you know, Nick Cross is going to get some more opportunities this year. Just hopefully he can capitalize on those a little better this time. All right. All right. Well, listen, I know that you said that you had to had to run after a little while. And like I said, it's yep. just like these, these, these news cycles all leading all the way up until the end of July. Normally it's just like, there's not much going on, but we absolutely do appreciate you coming and providing your input. Cause like I said, you've been very, very heavy on, social media giving your um giving your your contract thoughts like the mm-hmm. like what we were talking about with Michael Pittman and everything else i think somebody said 40 years 84 million for Michael Pittman then it was like ah uh, no nah, that doesn't sound right <laughs> no we're not we're we're not going that way but hey in the meantime tell the people where they can find you on social media and tell the people about the bring the juice pot yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Derek underscore larger. And of course, you can find me on Bring the Juice Colts podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We are on it. Uh, you can follow us on all of our social medias at BTJ Pod. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And guys, tell the people where they can find you on social media before we get out here. Find me on Twitter at Cookie Austin Two. All right, and Josue. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Official Senior. All right, and you can find me at CJ Colts Fan. Um, you can find the podcast page at Horseshoe Underscore Mob. Once again, Derek, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming through again. We do appreciate you. And like I said, we might be looking to go ahead and have another discussion. I'm gonna say after pod or after the um, after training camp starts officially July 27th. So we'll definitely make sure that we go ahead and uh, we'll be discussing that as well. But in the meantime, people, make sure that you visit us on all social media. Have a great rest of your week, and thanks for tuning in. And as always, Sam loves Jalen Ramsey. Stop a soul, hot you gotta blow on it. I said I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll pass to my 